1: relax and let's get creepy welcome to a hype episode and a lot of hype episodes come out in theaters and Mm -hmm. this one these mm, (laughs) these
0: ones
1: (laughs) these ones these guys these guys. did not come out in theaters but they are super hype right now (laughs) yes yeah and so we are going to talk about fear street but we're not just going to talk about Fear Street, nineteen ninety four, or Fear Street, nineteen seventy eight, or Fear Street, sixteen sixty six. No, no, we're going to talk about all three of them. Now, I know you're like, I'm not ready to listen to a three and a half hour. I get, I know,
0: <laughs> we're not know. ready to talk that long either.
1: No, no, I'm going to go eat dinner here soon. <laughs> I'm not going to be up until ten o'clock talking about these and. I don't intend on you listening for that long. Now, what I figure will happen is, you know, usually we talk about the plot for quite a while. And then we talk about what we think. I kind of figure, you know, we don't know what each other thinks about these. I don't know which one Mm -hmm. was her favorite or her least favorite. I have no idea if she loved it or hated them or, you know, just her general thoughts. So we'll probably just kind of talk about our general feel about the whole thing because these are like people this is all people are talking about right now
0: and especially because this was like so you are a Goosebumps kid I was a Fear Street kid so I was so freaking excited for them
1: yeah I definitely read all not all but like a bunch of the Goosebumps books and I was excited when the Goosebumps movies came out but the thing about Fear Street is the Goosebumps was kids now Mm -hmm. Fear Street is but like goosebumps when it came out it was still like a very pg pg 13 ish movie no no fear street they slapped an a rated r on this thing
0: i mean even in the books people die like they're teenagers in high school they're like juniors and seniors so they're there's cussing there's more of that adult stuff in it
1: right and this is rl stein Mm -hmm. So this was this was his kind of graduation from Goosebumps to that more like YA type. Right. Genre. So it makes sense. But it wasn't like they were like, okay, well, let's stick with the PG-13 rating to kind of get that young adult audience. Nah, we're going to go with the rated R here. Uh, I think I don't know if all of them got an R rating, but I know at least the one I paid specific attention to had an R rating. But I'm pretty sure they all got an R rating because they're pretty gory and sexual. (laughs) Right. So, which I really like that because if you think about it, Rated R still admits 17 year olds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not like you have to be 25 to go see a Rated R movie. You're not alienating a major, major audience by giving a horror movie a, an R rating. Mm-hmm. You still get your high school crowd. You still get your young adult crowd. And obviously you're still getting that adult crowd that really wants to go for those adult themes. Mm hmm. But in my opinion, these still felt very – and this is not a bad thing – still felt very, like, Goosebumps, Fear Street. Like, even though it was very mature and there was a lot of gore and there was sex and, you know, a lot of adult themes, it still felt like a teen movie. Mm-hmm. But not that- in the way that, like, some of the shitty, campy horror movies yeah,
0: do. No. And that was the most exciting. Like, when – honestly for all of them I was scared every single time I was like oh I don't want to watch one about the 90s I don't want to watch the one about the 70s I don't want to watch one about the 1600s and each one that came on I was like oh my god it feels like Fear Street like it feels like my books again and I was so happy
1: yeah I didn't read the books but I definitely would be interested to now seeing the movies you know hmm and I don't know. I'm assuming there are many, many Fear Street, and this is just what they focused on, I'm assuming? Was this story? Am I wrong? So,
0: I have not read all of them, so I can't totally vouch, but there are... I don't think that this is an actual storyline in Fear Street. Now, Sarah... So, this is all about a witch, basically, named Sarah Fear, who has put a curse on the people of Shadyside. That's why we have Fear Street, because it's her last name and things like that. That's So obviously with Fear Street, there is a trilogy of dealing with Sarah Fear. I don't know if that's this trilogy, because I never read it, or if that's just Sarah Fear's trilogy. I don't know.
1: Or like how closely they are to the books. Now, some of you purists out there, feel free to...
0: Right. Let you us know, know. cuz I I've been trying to go through them a book at a time for a while but they are unfortunately I have graduated out of the a lot of young adult novels and these are kind of middle schooly so they're kind of hard sometimes to get into but I still love them so I try.
1: See, I can definitely, I think I have a lot of inner child issues (laughs) because I actually started reading fairly, like, I think during the pandemic, maybe it's because I regressed during the (laughs) pandemic, started reading the series of unfortunate events books.
0: Really? See, I missed out on that once again, because they were like, just a little too young for me and i can't read them like i'm hoping i can read them with kids and that i'll get engrossed but i missed out on those
1: they were so dark when i was a kid because they literally they never have a happy ending no and then when you're a kid in elementary school you're not used to that Mm -hmm. so when the snicket came and wrote these books it was like What the fuck am I reading? And these kids never get anything good for them. They're constantly being kidnapped and put in these awful abusive situations by the adults around them. And so these themes for kids are really dark. And I loved that as a kid. So it's not a surprise that I was like drawn to darker things, Mm -hmm. you know, as I grew up because those are the kind of books I was reading when I was a kid. So I'd be really interested to see like if you can't get through them as an adult, when you have kids, you're going to have to get into younger books. I, and you see it through a new lens when you, I'm mm-hmm. sure, when you have kids. And oh, read.
0: I can't wait! There's so many series that I missed out on. Like one that I'm really interested in is the Magic Treehouse series. And we're getting off.
1: Yes. now. Yes, but Do the I Bailey missed, School Kids, too. yeah,
0: those too. Like I missed out on those, but I can't wait to go through them with kids. I think they're they look so much fun. I remember reading one Magic Treehouse book and I loved it, and then nothing else. So
1: I'm coming over wait. for reading. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. For story time. I'm going to sit right there. (laughs) Because, I mean, those... Like those monster type books, like the Bailey School mm-hmm. Kids. And I've talked about those before, like, you know, mm-hmm. werewolves don't go to summer camp and those kind of things. Like, but, and Goosebumps was a big one too. And like, I've talked about this before, the one that always like took me like what there was a choose your own adventure type book. And I that always blew my mind at how somebody could be smart enough to like do that. Mm-hmm. And then I actually had a Goosebumps video game on like Windows 98. <laughs> That was amazing. So these do feel like that, but like kicked up a ton. Yes. And I actually watched these with my husband who y'all remember, like does not like horror and he doesn't like hate it, but it's not his thing. He jumps. Like if the contrast (laughs) of the screen changes too much, like my dog gets up and walks across the room and he jumps. So he will watch it especially if he hears that things are really well done. He really mm-hmm. likes Jordan Peele films for example because he knows they're not just like they're not just going to be put out there to be to make money basically. Right. And he just had a blast with these movies.
0: Yes. I'm so happy. We
1: watched them. We watched the first one on Saturday night, the second one on Sunday, and the third one on Monday, just back to back to back.
0: Yes.
1: I could have stayed up and probably watched all three of them in a row and been up until like three o'clock in the morning, but his ass falls asleep and can't (laughs) hang. And I didn't want him to miss it. And that was the thing. Like, it's one of those things where this was so this was something we got to do together for the Mm -hmm. like we do watch shows together but they're like master chef they're like cooking shows like we're old you know what I mean
0: (laughs) right this was
1: the first thing we got to do that was like fun you know like oh let's let's watch the second fear street yes
0: yes that was actually Connor and I too it was like our date night like we pop popcorn and oh my god the new fear street's coming out tonight we've got to watch it and they were actually I mean I'm sure you guys can figure it out by now. I loved them because of all these nostalgia and they were fun, but it was like also these were, and I know this is what Amanda and I do all the time is review movies and watch them and everything, but these were actually good and fun to watch and it's been a long fucking time since that's happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, like when you told me we were reviewing last week, <laughs> last weekend. So we No, it's, it's okay. But like every... Every weekend we look ahead to the next week and we say, you know, I have a planner and we have a, like a Google calendar that we share and we're like, okay, so what's coming up? And usually we do two to three recordings a week. And I, you know, sometimes watching three movies a week is, is a, a lot. lot. And, mm-hmm. and it can feel, you know, like not that you don't love it, but cause you do get a lot of content, but sometimes it's just a lot like, you know. We'll yeah, it's not see cool. what we're doing next year, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, like it is a lot. I totally agree. It's been a lot this year. I thought it'd be better not doing the 100 Years of Horror, but it's still a lot.
1: Yeah, and so when you were like, oh, we're gonna do Fear Street, and I was like, cool. I didn't really know what it was. I had heard that it was doing really well, and people really liked it, but I didn't know like, you heard me, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, there's three of them, and they're all full-length movies. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't you know and but over the weekend when i started them as soon as the first one started so fear street 1994 fear street part one and again there are three of them and they are all are full-length movies which i actually really like because i don't think it Mm would have worked out the same if if it was like a stranger things type tv show
0: yeah absolutely now if you want to do maybe each book as an episode I could potentially see that happening but having a, a full-fledged actual narrative much different
1: yeah but I think it would have just felt different like it wouldn't have absolutely had yeah that same atmosphere of I think there's and there's nothing wrong with you know television like I was a big Game of Thrones fan up until a certain point <laughs> and those felt very epic and and Mm -hmm. things like that. I do like stranger things a lot and, but they feel different than film. Like you can, you just can't get away from that. And I, I'm more of a film person now read mindlessly. I watch a lot of TV than I more than (laughs) I do movies like Bob's burgers and things, Mm -hmm. but that's more of like a comfort thing, you know, like Like you just leave
0: it on in the background. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But when I really want to settle down and do like self care, I'm definitely, like, a movie person.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And these are things that I will – these are perfect for, like, Halloween especially. Yes. Because they felt very fall, but these felt so, like, comforting in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to describe the, like, feeling of watching them. It was almost like I wasn't watching them – Like I was watching them because I had to, but it was like, I don't think I would have had it not been for the podcast, to be honest with you, because Mm -hmm. I'm having a really hard time like watching things that aren't for the podcast right now, just because I'm having a hard time finding mental space for anything Mm -hmm. that's not like Bob's burgers over and over and over and over, you know, because same mentally I'm just not like in, I'm not in a horrible place, but like I'm just spent, you know? Mm And so I don't think I would have watched this had it not been for the podcast. But this would definitely become like a comfort type movie for a lot of people, I think. A lot of horror fans.
0: Honestly, it already has for me. Like, I was already like, I want to watch Fear Street tonight. Like, it's just, like you said, especially for horror fans and those people that love fall. Because I don't really know when this is. But it feels like such a fall, pop and popcorn Halloween movie. And right now, that's what I need in my soul
1: well i can I can't say exactly when it is, but you don't get into marching band uniforms or football uniforms when it's not fall there you go, so like when she so in the beginning, our main character is it, Dina is in marching band, and she puts on her marching uniform and they get on a bus and there's they don't have a football game because someone died and they're holding a vigil basically, but you only do that in the fall, like in uh September. Mm-hmm. October ish so I mean if I, I do think it is yeah in the fall
0: and that's also I know it's a tiny thing but our main character is named Dina her girlfriend is named Sam and that also just does it for me because those were such like 90s names and they were in like every single fear street book there was always like a Dina there was always a Sam it was so good
1: I also really liked that they had a lesbian couple as the main love interest here. Yes.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: And it wasn't done poorly. Like it wasn't done in a pandery way. It wasn't Mm -hmm. done because we're woke now. It was done really beautifully and really well. And it was done in a complex nature where, you know, neither one of them were really out and neither one of them and one of them was even to the point where she was denying her own sexuality and maybe she was bisexual but dating a guy and Mm -hmm. like denying her partner you know and and then it turned out that actually the lesbian love affair when you go to part three 1666 that is the origin story of the witch was an integral part of who the witch was and why she was blamed for witchcraft
0: right and this is part of the quote-unquote curse that is happening it's like almost the same people the same characters the same thing is happening over and over and over again to all of these people from shady side
1: like and i i really in so i i don't really want to give too much of the plot away and i Mm -hmm. think we're doing a pretty good job about actually talking about it and not giving too much away because I this is so new. And I really do think that more than most movies, these are worth yes. watching, especially because they're Netflix originals and you don't have to go anywhere. And I think most people have Netflix or steal it from somebody else. <laughs> right. So I think that it's definitely worth looking into because I now I here's some things that I think that people might have issue with. I think that some people may think that the story is a little juvenile like the whole witch and the curse on the town and them trying to figure that out but you ha- you also have to remember these were books written by RL Stein
0: right like but, they were written for juveniles
1: right the betrayal the secret and the burning that's, yeah, what, these those. Yeah. that's okay. what these were yeah that's what these were
0: Okay. So then that's the trilogy about Sarah fear that I didn't know if these books were about those. Oh, cool. Okay. Now I need to read them.
1: So excited. Yeah. So these books were based on the betrayal, the secret and the burning that were written in 1993. And I, you know, do think that like some major like horror fans that are like really only into the really like deeply artistic, you know, art house films, but you have to remember I love those. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I love the pretentious, you know, everything's under the surface. But I do think this is a movie. These are movies made for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, but if if horror fans like us that are so inundated by horror constantly, like it is our life. Like outside of like our 40 hour work weeks or whatever and everything else we do with our families, as far as hobbies goes and like major parts of our character the, it's horror, you know, yeah. it's alternative culture. It's things mm-hmm. like this. So if we can enjoy it to the extent that we did and my husband can enjoy it to the extent that he did, it, they really did a good job. I think of catering to, no matter what type of genre you like this is going to these these characters are going to draw you in you're going to care about them they're going to have good plot development the script was good i thought mm-hmm. i thought so i didn't really have any major major issues with like the technic technical parts of the film you know cuz sometimes teen movies especially can be a little you know over mm-hmm. the top and unrealistic. You know, right. And it's like, they don't, we don't talk like that. You know, I know I'm not a teenager anymore, but like, especially when I was, it was like, ugh, you can tell people that are out of touch wrote this. But this didn't feel like that to me.
0: Yes. They didn't even have any like things that people would say only in the 90s. They kind of steered clear of that pretty well, I thought, or things that they'd only say in the 70s. Like, the vernacular was pretty decent all across the board
1: yeah there was like one thing that she said like shagadelic or something in the 70s or i right. was like that felt a little forced <laughs> but you have to throw in those types of things every now and then even just for yeah fun because it was the 70s right so basically in the first two just like a super super quick synopsis we have killers coming after people and the first one, there's lots of killers coming after a group of friends for a very specific reason that has to do with this witch. The second one, we flash back to this camp and there's somebody that they need their her help. And she was at this camp in the 70s and she tells them the story of this camp and how this they were a bunch of kids at this camp were slaughtered by this killer and what she knows of this witch and what happened to her and her sister. And then we have Fear Street 1666, which is the third and final part, which is also kind of split into two parts though, but yeah, which is the origin story of the witch, which I'm not, which witch, which I'm not <laughs> going to get into because there's like major spoilers yeah. in there, which will absolutely ruin it for you. But you do get to see, the origin of the the legend that has gripped this town and um, from the 1600s this that was a settlement previously, obviously. So that's basically what's going on and these teenagers in the 90s have to figure out how to beat this or they're going to lose everyone that they love and they do lose a lot of people. There is death and gore. and you think that these certain people are safe, they are not. Yeah, Which, obviously, you don't like that because you want characters to survive, especially when you create a relationship with them. But also, it does add depth to your film when your character is losing so much. The stakes are raised for them, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Especially when, once again, this isn't goosebumps for children where they're going to get through it. That was the best part about Fear Street is people are going to die and they do like in the very first one the only part that made me mad is not something that should it 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 made me mad because I really liked these two characters and then they both died and that sucks but but that's gonna happen unfortunately
1: yeah like I literally like every time that happened I was like oh my god you know
0: exactly it's like
1: fuck like and then you do kind of move on, but then these characters keep being brought up, so it's mm-hmm. like ugh, it's like pouring salt in that wound, you know. Right. And so there's a lot of layers to these films. Obviously, they made three of them and they're like full-length films, but so there are obviously a lot of layers, but even within the films themselves and the characters have a lot of depth and story to them too, which mm-hmm. I really liked. So Fear Street Part One. That is, again, 1994, actually has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes rating out of all of them. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? You know, Brad and I were talking, and I was like, oh, which one's your favorite? And he was like, which one's your favorite? And I was like, huh. Like, the minute I think I have an answer, I'm like, but wait.
0: That's literally what I was sitting here going. I was like, Amanda's going to want an answer, and I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I loved all three of them.
1: Yeah, it's like once you finish one, you're like, that one's my favorite. And then you're like,
0: well. (laughs) You watch the next one, and oh, my God, that was great. Or, like, I thought 1666 was going to be boring or slow, like, because the other two have also great music in the background. And I was like, okay, the 1600s is going to be weird, but that one was creepier, so it, like, kept you on your toes there. And I honestly figured that that would be the least loved one. But.
1: So just to give you, I also, the soundtracks, bumping. Fantastic. Yes. Especially the 90s one. I knew all of the music and it was all good. Like, and mm-hmm. it was, oh my gosh, so good. So just to kind of give you an idea of what these are standing at right now. Again, these are still new. So still have a lot of time for these scores to come in and average out. Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Critics gave it an 84. Audiences gave it a 65 respectable a little low on the audience side in my opinion but Mm -hmm. whatever fear street part two 1978 and 88 from the critics and 82 from the audience okay All right. And Fear Street Part 3, 1666, a 92 from critics and an 81 from the audience. So that is the highest rated critic score is 1666. The highest rated audience score by only 1% is Part 2, 1978. Damn. Yeah. So, which it's like. You don't want the next you do want the next one to start because you want the rest of the story. But it's like you're still holding on to the last one. But then as soon as you get entrenched in the next one, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm into this.
0: (laughs) Yes, that was always me. I was like, oh, my God, but I really like the 90s. I don't want to go to the 70s now. But it was fucking great every time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's definitely like I'm so hopeful that because these did so well, Mm -hmm. Netflix will continue this
0: agreed there are so many more books and now knowing that they actually took from the books they didn't just create their own like fear street story makes me even more excited there are so many cool ones like teacher's pet was fucking creepy trapped is like my all-time favorite one it's about a blob in the basement that starts eating people oh my god so good there's so many good stories
1: i mean i would honestly probably give all of these fives across the board
0: Yeah, same. I mean, I figure you can probably tell by how excited I am this whole time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they really just did it like they they were great. They were definitely like I could watch these honestly with all of my friends. I feel like would enjoy these movies. They were all really well done. Maybe not with my mom, but like (laughs) if I sat down and I was going to watch these, I'd be like, sit your ass down and Mm -hmm. watch it. There are so many movies that I just can't do that with. And I I still feel like a lot of horror fans are going to find these really enjoyable. And mm-hmm. I didn't have nostalgia to go on. So this is all just my first experience with Fear Street. That makes didn't, me so
0: happy. I was scared nostalgia was going to cloud my my vision. No,
1: I, I really enjoyed them. We had a really good time. We were snacking on some chocolate hummus <laughs> and some graham crackers in bed, you know. Yeah. like, And we drug a mattress down to the basement to watch this <laughs> on our projector.
0: Yes, I love it.
1: So, yeah, really a lot of fun and highly recommend it. It's streaming on Netflix. If You don't have a Netflix subscription. I'm sure you can find someone with one. Right. So you can figure it out. But, yeah, if you would like to hang out with us on all of our social medias, everything is The Extra Sisters podcast, except for Twitter, which is at The Extra Sisters. And if you would like to join our Patreon family, it is patreon.com slash The Extra Sisters podcast.
0: Until next time, stay creepy.